This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And Ramon is present. And for once, Jonathan, we're not actually in the same room. We are not in the same room. Um, yeah, we've had a terrible falling out and we just can't be in the same room together because, uh, yeah, words are violence, Ramon. Well, if you read uh, some, some journalist on Twitter, that is the case. But nevertheless, no, uh, it's, to it's our just listeners, a, uh, we yes. do apologize. It is a bit of a dropping quality. We're trying our best. We've got mics that work well, but, you know, we're not in the studio, so you might have a bit of background noise, so just excuse that. Yeah, apologies. Uh, you all haven't been donating enough on Patreon, and so studio time this week actually became a bit of an issue. Uh, so we blame you, really. Take that. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but uh, let's, let's talk about more important stuff. Um, I actually want to call you out first. I think it's important. To do call so. me out. Call me right. out. Yes. That's a favorite of uh, every SJW in the world. Uh, well, the, the, when you behave like one, I need to call you out. So last week, you said yes. that you um, wrote to the Americans in some capacity to mm. just. As a private citizen. Right. To check up on this Fees Must Fall campaign person and yeah. her affiliation to Hamas. No, I didn't write. I, that's not what I said. Oh, okay. What did you say then? She was uh, scheduled to go on a trip uh, to the United States of some sort, uh, and uh, there's a there's a website where you can notify American mm, border security for want of a better term. Uh, they've got a specific name for it, and you can basically send them a mail and or it's a it's a website, but it's essentially a, an email, and you can you can say whatever the hell you like. So I did. Okay, because, and what's the consequence uh, of that? No idea. No idea. I don't know if she ultimately went to the states, if they issued her a visa, or if they didn't. But uh, you know, this is this is uh, someone who <laughs> is quite anti-American. Uh, is certainly anti-America's allies, and uh, was running around uh, Johannesburg uh, making quite threatening political statements, and so. What the Americans want to do with that, the Americans want to do with that. All right. But, well, firstly, they have an extensive security system that will detect these sort of things. And, I mean, secondly, uh, you've, done her, you've done yourself and herself a disfavor because going to America would actually teach her about stuff, about how things are done. And if you had any influence in her not getting there, you've done her a disfavor. How will she change her mind now? Now that she's going to change, she's going to change her mind by going to America and meeting with the same groups Linda Sarsour uh, spends her time with. I find that hard to believe. So, since when do we believe? It goes against every fiber of what we say on the show, Jonathan. No, it doesn't go against every. It might go against every fiber that you say because you're an anarchist, so you don't believe there should be any supporting structures of a society, and that individuals will decide the supporting structures between themselves. But I do believe. I do believe, okay, so you can, you can tell, say what you want just now about, um, where you stand, but the point is, is I do believe in, uh, governments, and I specifically believe in the state's ability to control who crosses the border, uh, and who comes into our society, and I wouldn't want someone like that in our society in South Africa, and, uh, certainly I think it's well worth the Americans Knowing who that person is and whether they should, she should be allowed into her, their society. She, she can learn whatever she's going to learn on the, on the internet, Ramon. She doesn't need to be in Boston. Uh, yes, she must. It's her choice to do so. And I think if you had an influence in denying her that choice, uh, yeah, I just don't agree with it. So just for the listeners, um, that's my argument. And, sure. Um, and that's John's argument. I'm not, yeah, I, I mean, it's a fundamental difference between us, right? So, I mean, you, you, you would ultimately believe in the entirely free movement of people, and I don't believe in the entire free movement of people. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about immigration or free movement. You, you sent an email to a state agency of a foreign country to say, look who's coming into your country. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it makes me feel icky, and I don't think 
that that is in the spirit of the show. That's all. Well, I don't think it's in your spirit. Perhaps I, yeah, I'm not seeing the problem. But anyway, <laughs> we can anyway. we can leave it there. So, talk about triggering. I think every forum has had probably their best two weeks of their existence these past few weeks. Yeah, well, either every forums had their best two weeks, or uh, Huffington Post has had their worst two. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it depends on how you look at it. It does. So for those who don't know, Afroforum were in the US of A and they said they're gaining support for, uh, or against rather, expropriation without compensation and support in favor of investigating or acknowledging farm murders. And they met with Ted Cruz, they bumped into uh, the National Security Advisor, John Bolton, Antwerp was on Tucker Carlson. I mean, these are all like big political heavyweights. And the Huffington Post wrote these hit, massive hit pieces about uh, AfriForum um, and arguing about the statistics, arguing about various things. And yeah, I just look at the reaction to the Huffington Post articles and I think to myself that it suits AfriForum to actually be attacked like this by the mainstream media. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's very helpful to them because it's the same old story of being Strassand affected into whatever position or limelight that you want to be um, taken to. Uh, the reality is that uh, Ernst and Cully were going on some trip to the U.S. Uh, obviously, they had a plan for their trip. I, I'm not sure what that, that entirely involved. Uh, it does seem to be certain things that happened along the way which were opportunistic. So meeting with John Bolton, for example, was quite um, opportunistic from the sounds of things. They even sort of um, copped to that. Yeah, uh, but Certainly, if... Here's the thing. If they'd gone to the US and they'd posted a whole bunch of tweets and they'd put up a couple of things on their website, which is exactly what they've done, uh, and nobody had said anything, then all that would have happened is the people that follow Ernst and Cully and the people that are AfriForum um, members would have been aware of this and they would have potentially been quite happy about it and they would have said, well, this is good work on the part of these guys and it's great that they're getting our story and our message out there. And that would have ended it there and for the most part, no one would have been any the wiser and it would have made no difference. But from the time Ernst, I think it was, posts a picture of uh, them on a bus at Heathrow Airport, um, everyone freaks out. And well, not everyone. Huffington Post freaks out. Let's be specific. Well, sure. It's not only Huffington Post because that comes along with a certain group of, grouping of people uh, that sit on that kind of side of the aisle. So Max Dupree is not a is not a Huffington Post individual. Neither is Adam Habib. Um, and and so what then happens is they amplify a story which arguably isn't a story. Um, and they, they then <laughs> make it into a far bigger thing. And so from the time that they haven't even landed in the U.S., it becomes a big story. I think that was when um, Peter, is it Peter Detoy? And yes. the Huffington Post writes his first article about it. I don't think they'd been on American soil for more than 12 or 24 hours. Um, he's already written a whole thing about it. Uh, and it's just really making something bigger than it is, unless these guys really do see Afriforum as such a threat to them. Yeah, and what what seems to be missing here is Afriforum is not a political party. They don't care about bad press. Their mandate is to their members, not to the public generally. So we'll talk about the DA a bit later, but the DA is in, in crap because of various things internal things within the party and they are very sensitive to to what the media says. AfriForum couldn't give two shits about what they say at all. And funny enough, the more they are villainized in in media, in you know, by the Man of Guardian retweeted out and said, Oh, white genocide is spreading to the US, the white genocide narrative, when it's well known AfriForum did not support that claim. But nevertheless, the more flack AfriForum gets from 
media that people don't trust, the more power you give every forum. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's 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 you just. <laughs> This, it's as I say, you do, they wouldn't have had any of this media coverage. Nobody would have known any better if they just kind of ignored it. Um, and it's a lesson actually to be learned in, in anyone's dealings in general with things. If, if someone's losing their mind over something and, and, and you want it to go away, in general, with regards to social media, you certainly can just ignore it. Um, most of these things are really non-entities. And, and as you say, and as I've said um, multiply, multiply before, is, is – that our free forum is doing what's right for their members. You can agree, you can disagree. They are an advocacy group for the Afrikaans community. Sure. Um, they are doing what their members want them to do. If you don't like what they're doing, you or you want similar stuff to be done for your community, you are welcome to open up your own advocacy group and either fight against our free forum or go and have your own trip to the United States and try and spread your message, whatever that may be. Or join every forum and change it from the inside. There's many things to do. But to call them to call them white privileged Afrikaners who are hell bent on not giving the land back, like, I mean that's like pathetic. It really is. Well, well, I mean, it's pathetic. It's it's sort of it's ad hominem because it's not actually what their argument is. Um, it, it's it's. You know, and it gets worse than that because I think, I think you, you have, I've mentioned Adam Habib already and it is someone we were actually would like on the podcast. So I'm not trying to, um, rip into Adam more than is, uh, necessary based on what he's personally said. But he turned around in a tweet and said that Afri Forum are the worst South Africa can reflect essentially and that they are no different to, uh, you know, Hitler's in regards and the Nazis in regards to Germany and, um, you know, for Wut and, and the apartheid regime. And there were one or two other examples. He, he notably left out well-known leftists who have been, um, very bad reflections on their countries, people like Stalin, Pol Pot and Mao. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I don't, the, the purpose behind doing that, other than just to try and malign someone, is really beyond me, and 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 I think why so many people were quite surprised by Adam is he's quite an intellect. He's not a stupid man, um, and that seemed all. that seemed like a stupid take. It was it was way out of character to be that reactionary in a tweet mm. for for Adam. He wrote he writes wonderfully about a fascism of the EFF uh, about fees must fall. He wrote many many things that are calm, measured, you know. Uh, what do you call it, scrupulous. And then I don't know where this tweet comes out where he compares two Afrikaners in Washington to Hitler and you think to yourself, this is very uncharacteristic. I think there was a, a, a hashtag going on that said, you know, drunk Habib, which was maybe a bit unfair. But what was interesting, <laughs> what was, what was interesting is the reaction to his tweet by people who may necessarily agree with him, but they say this is like a step way too far. Yeah, I mean, you you were mentioning to me, you know, before we started recording, that you felt the Overton window shifted a little bit there. Uh, in that, it's it, people. Ask, I don't want to paraphrase you. Maybe say what you feel, and then we can debate that. All oh, right. Well, I just said on Twitter last week that um, to me, there's like a real shift happening on Twitter, and I don't think the Overton window is changing, so to speak. I think people are saying a lot more than ever before. Um, they're expressing their ideas a lot more than ever before, especially on Twitter. It was always a, a nasty place for, for people like us, even though we do rile people up on purpose sometimes. Sure, But sure. now I get a hell of a lot more support for my tweets than ever before. And I haven't received a death threat in literally weeks, which is weird. <laughs> and I haven't been called a racist in days, which is also very weird. And I'm just feeling like, what is this? Like, is maybe, little, maybe, am I, am maybe you're becoming moderate. Am I creating like a little echo chamber here? <laughs> or, or, I don't know, maybe, because my tweets still get very far, my reach increases every month. So I'm just thinking, is the culture on Twitter at least shifting? And I think it is. Yeah, look, I, I'm not sure. I think it's hard to tell. I, 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 it, you may not be wrong. Uh, it could be a few explanations. I mean, Maybe people feel more comfortable 
are there and they've moved to that platform to express themselves. Uh, maybe there's more people who feel willing to express themselves. And yeah, maybe stuff has moved too far one way that people are now speaking up. Uh, before they felt, well, you know, so a year ago you would have had a Huffington Post or that type of media outlet writing a negative story about Afri Forum, but it it would have, it might have been a little bit offside, but it 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 wouldn't wouldn't have been out and out propaganda, um, and it seems, or well, that would have been less common, and it seems as if we've gotten to a point where. If you're going to write something about Afri Forum from a leftist media perspective, it's going to be afactual. It's going to be essentially just calling them racists, um, and it's just not going to deal with any of the matters at hand. Yeah, uh, and perhaps people are wrong. sick of that. That's where I think you're wrong. I think the, the, the quality of journalism has been consistent. Hmm. Um, I, think I just think the reaction, the reaction has been a lot more... A lot more uh, forthright than ever before. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, if we look at the white sort of genocide narrative, and we've discussed it extensively on the show, um, both of us have clashed with, with individuals with regards to our, our views on this. Um, it, it, you know, there seems to be on that issue, for example, a far more coordinated response uh, from uh, our media outlets in terms of how they deal with that to the point that there's. You know, I mean, there's that Facebook page that runs, which is clearly backed by someone. It's you know, producing relatively decent graphics, and um, they're, they're they're pushing their uh, they're, they're pushing their feeds, and they, it's clear that they're getting shares from um, uh, prominent individuals, which is then creating viral viral posts, um, and which I mean, we've seen with our own renegade posts. If certain people share it or certain people retweet and things like that on those platforms. Um, you get an, an insane level of reach. Um, so I, I don't know. There seems there does seem to be some coordination, and that coordination is not genuine in terms of how it it deals with uh, the the subject matter. So uh, instead of uh, arguing the white genocide the way we might argue it, they're arguing it with these are just a bunch of racist people, and um, this is just a nationalist um, approach, and all that type of stuff. Uh, so I, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily. I'm just I'm interested in the move. I, I'm not sure if the if the move is the way you describe it or more in terms of the way I describe it. I think the the the, the media is getting worse certainly in reporting. I think their reporting is becoming worse, and I think agendas are becoming more visible. We we can talk about the DA just now, and and they they just cocked up so extensively that that an agenda is, 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 is obvious to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you're right, and, you know, maybe we're both right in this regard. I, I just sure. find the pushback against crappy media articles like, a lot more forthright than before. So, talking about the DA, oh, my God, like, what a fucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Say, oh, my God, again, that was... Oh, my God. It was a perfect segue into the DA. <laughs> it was a perfect, like, Jewish Google from Norwood. Oh, my God. Mm. So... As Liaho said last week, if a political party talk about anything other than economic growth, they dead to him. And that's what the DA is to me at this moment. You have Mercy coming out with white privilege and throws his wife under a bus um, to explain the point. Okay, fine. If he wants to do that, that's fine. That's a distraction. You're playing into the politics of the ANC. And now this, this Patricia DeLille thing where, oh no, 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 sorry, and now Natasha Mazzoni says she, her father doesn't have white privilege because he was poor and came from somewhere else, Naples. And then she gets called all sorts of things. And then she says, okay, fine, I actually do have privilege. And then she still gets called all sorts of things. Mm. And this is a clear example of that whole argument is a trap to humiliate you. It's not an argument about being right. It's an argument to completely destroy you and your credibility going forward. And the DA keeps falling into this trap over and over again. Whatever Eusebius talks about, the DA seems to be extremely worried that they're on the correct side of Eusebius' opinion. All the time. 
and it is so frustrating that they can't see it's a trap. Yeah, it's it's an interesting approach in the sense that, so this show, for example, is trying to do something entirely different. So we want to talk about things, have guests on who talk about things and ideas, or is the is the is the central sort of tenet, and in doing that, we want you to think about the ideas, and if you change your mind, hey, that's great. Um, we, we, we don't want to ridicule you for the way you felt before. Um, the, the, can you hear me? Sorry, I just need to sorry, I lost, moving. Oh, sorry, I lost you for a second. Um, so the, the, the left seems to do things in a little bit of a different way. If they convince you that you were wrong, say, Mazzoni, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, um, if, if they convince you that you're wrong, then what they want to do is they want to humiliate you for being wrong. They don't want to go, okay, well, thank you for finding out the correct route around this problem and welcome to our side. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing and it is why, you know, we're certainly not the first people to say this, the left eats itself or eats its own. Uh, and that, that that's really common. Um, it's also because, you know, if, if you come from a victimhood culture, you, you will never really achieve the worst victimhood status. Um, I uh, I had someone um, confront me recently, uh, someone far on the left in, in, involved in media, but would prefer not to say who, um, recently confront me about um, some tweets and, and say, you know, um, sort of, Firstly, find issue with the tweets, but but one of the problems was um, they they didn't agree with me on white privilege as an example, and this person's not white. And I said, but you don't understand. Once white privilege is done, and there either are no more whites, or you've proven that they don't have privilege, it'll just be on to the next privilege. And this person is said, but I'm not privileged. I'm from a poor background. And I said, but there'll always be someone poorer than you, and they and you will be privileged to them, and then they will come for you. Uh, and I, I suppose it's that kind of mentality um, that causes this. But what's quite worrying as, from the DA or within the DA as a party um, is, is, is that the DA seems to be bending over backwards. As you mentioned, you know, if Eusebius is unhappy with you, the guy who literally wrote a book about how he wouldn't vote for your party, um, if he's not happy with you, then you need to sort of change yourself. Uh, and I, I, really believe the DA has lost its focus on who its voters are. Um, and I know, I, know there's a, I know there's a push to try get new voters. But the way they want to get new voters is they want to appeal to the way those new voters already view the world. Instead of trying to show them that the way the DA currently views the world is the right way to view the world. So that if you go along that route, that's fine, but you need to understand that you will pick up some voters and you will sacrifice others. So exactly. I am a perfect they, example of this. They've forgotten who the core constituency is. They've ignored sure. them and, for and, the past and what their two, base, three years. And what their base principles are. And, and the base principles of your party are as a liberal party. Um, most of us who are – so I'm – liberal but more liberal right and there are liberal and liberal left so someone like Sindile who's been on the show before um, would, would fit into sort of liberal left um, but previously the party has been able to appeal to both of those individuals um, and so sometimes they do things and you sort of forgive them for it because you're like alright well it doesn't fully appeal to me at the moment it's not quite right but you know broad church that whole argument sure um, the the, the point is, is when you abandon these liberal principles, I cannot possibly vote for a party in this next election that is willing to embrace identity politics because those are fundamentally against the roots of the party and the reason why they previously got in my vote. Right. And it's against the, the Constitution, which is based on individual rights, not collective rights. Yeah. Uh, and, and it plays into the hand of the ANC. I mean, if you care about identity politics, you won't vote for the DA. You're going to vote for the ANC or you're going to vote for the EFF because that's what they do. They love identity politics. Well, so why, they... the fuck, why the fuck is DA <laughs> trying to emulate the worst aspects of their fucking opposition, Jonathan Witt? I mean, what the fuck's going on here? Look, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm as clueless as you are 
I can only guess. I, I don't have insights into the DA. Um, when I've had opportunity to speak to some of the more liberal members of the DA with whom I have contact, uh, they are also bewildered to some extent. Um, or I'm told, look, calm down, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world type of thing. Um, it's either just a messaging problem or it's a communications issue or it's, uh, it's we've, we, you know, it's what Musi's got to say when he stands up at a Workers' Day march because everyone else is talking pure communism. So Musi's got to talk half communism. You know, that's like the, the thought pattern. But unfortunately, there comes a point at which that becomes something that you cannot support. Yeah, um, it all went to the dogs when Helen Zeller was removed from the yeah, operations. Yeah, I, I think you're right, 100%. It, it really went to the dogs since then. Thank God Gwen's there. In some way, I wanted the DA to lose votes next year. I think they deserve yeah. to lose votes. Yeah. Move the out, put Gwen in, put Herman Mashaba in, and watch them grow again. They, they actually need to lose votes. Yeah, you know, the other thing they need to learn is they need to learn that... Um, Sometimes you can win by being unpopular. And, exactly. and, 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 and what I kind of mean by that is that, you know, you don't have to appeal to everyone. You can, you can be honorable and that sometimes appeals. You can have integrity and that sometimes appeals to people. It's that same thing I said about <laughs> Cyril Ramaphosa. The ANC, you're 100% right. I mean, they're an organization literally built on identity politics, a party that represents the black oppressed masses. Um, and they celebrate that every year in January, February by driving, you know, Bentleys and, and Lambos to whichever site they've chosen as their, as their latest um, um, yeah. points of victory. But, but the, Cyril is a rich man who buys a 15 million rand buffalo um, and he doesn't apologize for it. Now, if, if, if Musi bought a 15 million rand buffalo and, and hit the news and make, he was criticized for it, he'd be out there apologizing and then donating the, the animal to someone to be slaughtered and eaten by some community. Yeah, right? he'll be on Eusebius Mackay's show within 24 hours. Yes, with tears in his eyes. Now, now Cyril realizes that sometimes you need to be the strong man. Sometimes you need to stand up and go, no, my principles say that I am wealthy, I've earned my wealth, and therefore I'm allowed to, to buy whatever the hell I like with my money. And many people see it that way, and that's why that particular story ended up falling flat. Because voters didn't actually care. They didn't right. actually care that a man who had made his wealth, that they viewed to be uh, an ethical uh, wealth that's been made, um, did what he wants with his cash. Um, and I think the DA needs to learn that lesson. They need to learn that this is what we stand for. We're not apologizing what we stand for, for what we stand for. Um, Afri Forum's been very good with this as an, as an example of what we are talking about before. Afri Indeed. Forum says... We are not budging just because you're going to try humiliate us or embarrass us or call us racist or say we have white privilege. We're not moving because we know what our principles are and you don't have to like them. I but mean, that, that's the concept of this podcast, Wit. We keep saying that, right? You can, you can hate us if you want to. Come talk to sure. us with pleasure. But we're not going to change who we are because you call us something bad. Like, really? Yeah. It's not that big a deal. But, 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 but it's not even... Keep, the it's DA not keeps even falling for it. It's not even just changing who you are because someone called you what you're bad. If you know what you are, it's what I said on a few podcasts back. You know, I don't care if you call me a racist because I know that I'm not, and my track record clearly reflects that. So it's not. It doesn't matter. You can shout it yeah. from the rooftops. It doesn't bother me. And the DA needs to know what they are, and they need to shout it from the rooftops that what they are. And anyone who wants to shout anything back, that's fine. Let let who they are and what they've done and what they represent speak for itself. Um, and I, I think that's a far better way to run the party. You know, what they're doing at the moment might work. It might not work. It depends what you view as success. If your, your victory condition is running the country and you don't care who you are when that happens, then maybe this is the right route for them to follow. They become ANC light and essentially they become the ANC who has good administration. They're good at running things. They make yeah. sure that you pay your fine, your speeding fine. They're very good at that. So, so, and, and, and they have the same policies as the ANC. And maybe they get into power, but then what's the point? Right? And, and, and so, so they, they're at a crossroads, in my opinion. They need to choose. Do we want to follow this route and maybe win power 
but not be even a, a shadow of ourselves once we've won power? Or do we want to re represent something that actually matters in terms of a, a view on the world, in terms of an ideology, in terms of a belief, um, so that if we win power, and when we win power, we can actually make real change happen? Because the DA yeah. running, you know, I think we can all agree that a truly competent ANC would destroy this country faster than anything on earth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I keep saying we're not Venezuela because it's the ANC's incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's spot on. I mean, uh, and we just have to wait for the DA to come in and be competent and then we'll be Venezuela, ironically. <laughs> if they carry on being ANC light. I mean, that's yes. the point, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that is exactly the point. And, and, you know, you do have to hope whether you're a voter for, for them or not, whether you've decided to abandon them or not for the moment, whether you're going to vote for them because you feel, look, um, which has been my justification before. You can my justification up until this point has been, yeah, I don't agree with Musi's politics and he worries me, and I don't agree with some of the other people who stand up and say things. But uh, I do know that there are people like Gwen now involved in the organisation. Yeah, uh, I do know that there are people like, well, I mean, uh, Solly and Simango who they pulled, who they pulled apart. Well, didn't pull apart, but Ferial Hafferty wrote an article saying that you know. Gavin Davis and Michael Carter with a neocons, <laughs> which already is is just use a dictionary. They, there's no way they're neocons. But anyway, yeah, um, I mean Michael Carter wants to bomb Zimbabwe to to impose democracy there. Yes, He's written yes. a few times about that. If I believe so. Um, I'll just yeah. find the quote quickly. Sure, um, you know, but the, and but she, as the foil to the neocons, supposedly she 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 sort of throws up someone like Solly. Um, who, to the best of our knowledge, um, comes quite close to being a classical liberal. Uh, so, so it's just, um, it, 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 there are people in that organization, and as I was saying, if, if you're going to justify, well, I'm still going to vote for them because there are some liberal people involved, I, I get that. I sure. do get that. Um, but there's a definite danger, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like it's ever been more than it is right now that they basically morph into the ANC. Um, yeah, well, well not, not morph into the ANC, so to speak. They just lose their, their identity completely. So they got a bit of the ANC, they got a bit of other parties. Uh, my biggest problem is they should stop giving a shit about what journalists think about them, really, because we've seen a clear bias against the DA, from the Patricia DeLille saga to the drought sure. out uh, coverage, things like that. That, I mean, as I said a few weeks ago, the DA are in a unique position to be the most scrutinized because they actually do have a track record of being good. And I think mm. that works in their favor sometimes and it works against them other times. And journalists, for journalism, it works against their favor because they are seen as this very competent, well-run, well-managed party, which they are to some degree. But journalists will put them on a much higher pedestal than anyone else. I don't know if you read Gareth Van Onsterden's essay on Julius Malema and the uh, how he basically yeah he he he, um, he basically sank the charges against Zuma right um, I mean if so you read if you read that article and you look at what Malema said that's a brilliant essay by the way you should everyone should read it yeah Gareth is doing some excellent work he really is if you read what, what Malema said at the time what Zonin Zuma Vavi said in 2008 2009 2010 and what they're saying today and their behavior today, it is, it's not even a 180. It is, what's worse than a 180? It's like a, well, it's a parallel universe, really. It's, 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 they, they, it's, it's almost impossible that you would believe that these two things are, are said by the same individual, even if they're 10 years apart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it is so obvious what a conniving opportunist Malema mm. is. What a can opportunist as uh, Zuma Vavi is. What an opportunist the uh, Zuma's henchmen in the ANC are to this very yeah. day. Yeah, the opportunism is ridiculous. Do you think anyone gets fucking called out? No. The DA have a problem with him and with Patricia DeLille. There's a bit of a okay, someone fucked up. It takes too long. Whatever. That's news for for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I think, you know, the other problem, the big problem really is that 
the DA knows, and, and if you speak to anyone high up in the DA, they, they know that they are harshly judged for anything that really happens in the party. Um, um, I, I made a comment the other day that, you know, it's quite astonishing that um, the level of criticism the DA gets in comparison to the ANC, who actually runs the country and has, yeah. over the past 15 years, literally run it into the ground, uh, doubled our debt, halved our growth, uh, which means misery for millions of people. Um, and then on top of it, the EFF is literally promoting the exact same policies that make uh, Warcraft money, so <laughs> gaming money, more um, valuable, seven times more valuable than the actual currency in Venezuela. Um, and and they they, no, they they don't get criticism for that. No, like where's the think pieces? No, and I'm not talking about from politics web or from the papers you would expect or from uh, this podcast. I'm talking about like, why is it that a, a centrist, what used to be a centrist paper like the Mail and Guardian hasn't written on the incredibly dangerous ideas of the EFF? And that's because yeah. there's obviously a specific bias. And, and so the DA and people in the DA know this, but their messaging is totally wrong. They back down on everything instead but, of standing up. Yeah, and but going, that's what I'm know, saying. They shouldn't give should a shit what fucking journalists think about the DA. They should tell them to go fuck themselves. But you can tell them to go fuck themselves in a way that even that's, that, that, imp that reinforces your principle. So Patricia DeLille, as an example, is a very simple case of freedom of association. Sure. The organization has no requirement to have you as a member. You have no right to be appointed to their elected post of mayor. And frankly, um, they can sever those ties with you at any point that they like. Well, and that is depending on the internal internal rules for that. But sure, if they follow those rules, uh, uh, sure, and they and they, as long as they're not breaking certain constitutional rules, for instance, they're not going. You know, we've had too many women as mayors so far in Cape Town, and and it's just too much estrogen. So we're going to employ a male. If they turn around and said that, that's obviously a, a type of discrimination, which not which isn't allowed. Sure. But what's happened here is. They believe that Patricia DeLille has not fulfilled her duties in many respects. They believe that there's been corruption that's taken place. Mm -hmm. I do think that they haven't been clear enough about exactly what, who, and how. But the point is that's what they view the story and what's happened, um, what's taken place. And so they're well within their rights to turn around and go, you know, Patricia, it's been great. Thanks very much. As Patricia has shown, she's well within her rights, and trust me, she will show even further, to leave the DA and to join another party. That's called freedom of association. And she's going to do that, without a doubt. Whoever offers her the cushiest job will end up with Patricia in their party. Sure. Um, and it will happen before the next elections because there's this belief that she holds some sort of sway. Uh, yeah, so, and she fucking doesn't. Her party won 1.7% of the vote, like in 2006, yeah. Well, yeah. and declined after that. So, yeah, I don't see her. The, the independent Democrats were never a great force. And remember, must remember, she, she started the independent Democrats because the PAC were effectively defunct. Um, so, yeah. she, a great activist she may have been, but a great political actor within the new South Africa she's never been. No, not at all. But but here's the thing, Jonathan. So the DA cares a lot about what uh, the journalists think, and they bend over sideways. Um, just last week, Athol Trollope again uh, received a motion of no confidence in him. It was uh, taken back because two members of the ANC are in prison. In prison. So they didn't have the numbers to recall him. They are in prison, Jonathan. Do you think Feral Hafiji writes an article saying... The ANC must deal precisely and competently with its, uh, what you call it, its uh, culture of, of assaulting, um, you know, other councillors. Do you think she writes that? No, she doesn't. Well, she never ascribes make... individual characteristics to the whole party for anyone sure. other than the fucking DA. So when Moussi talks about white privilege and he gets shit for it, she says the DA must purge itself from this neoconservatism. Sure. And, and the truth is, is you could, if you wanted to, take individual characteristics and uh, apply them to the whole. You could certainly do that easily with the ANC with regards to assault. They had the deputy minister a while back that assaulted a woman. 
Do you remember that in that nightclub? Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, they've had these two now. Uh, there was the incident with the chairs at their conference. Um, Indeed. So, so um, and then we've, we've had uh, examples in Parliament of, uh, you know, sort of uh, violence breaking out between MPs that certainly involved the EFF. But, but if you wanted to make that argument, you could more easily make that argument about the ANC. But so, sure, you're right. That's, that's, that's never something that seems to be on the card. No, no. So, DA, if you do listen, I know some of you do listen, don't give a shit about what the, the journalists think about you. Just stick to your core principles. Cope is taking... Okay, Cope, Cope, we'll talk about Cope just now. But they've got one message. They're against land expropriation without compensation and against farm murders. Yeah. And they, they appear to be gaining a lot of traction. Even though Musiwa Lukotsa was sort of responsible for... Minister of Defense, while under Mbeki, who took away the, you know, the, what do you call it? The commando system. So there's a bit mm-hmm. of a issue there. But they got a very simple message. And it appears to be working. I can't say it, it will be very popular in the next election. But just mm-hmm. stick to a simple fucking message, DA, for God's sake. Well, well, I think it's anecdotal, but I've certainly seen a lot of um, people who are claiming that they are DA voters or were DA voters. And now, they're looking for somewhere else to go. And the, the two parties that have been mentioned are one is COPE and the other one is, is the uh, FF+. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's not as a result of anything anyone outside of the DA has done. That's entirely as a result of what the DA has done themselves and how they've presented themselves. Exactly. Um, it's not because COPE is great again or FF no. Plus is new and exciting. No, it's because it, the people have lost confidence in the DA and that's entirely the DA's fault. So we want better opposition in this country. John, I think we agree on that one. Absolutely. Uh, DA, you're not, not going to run this country. You, there's never going to be an, another ANC. You're not going to be a ruling party ever. Act mm. like an opposition, i.e. be opposite of uh, the just ruling to, party. Uh, uh, just to, I think what you're saying is, even if they run the country, it'll be in the coalition, which is the you know the discussion we we had with them. Um, yeah, and it won't be anytime soon. 2019, forget about it. ANC is going to get 60 percent, I think, quite easily. That's what the polling says. So, yeah, just stick to being a good opposition party because that's what we need. Yeah, a good opposition party principled in its liberalism, um, and uh, I think. You know, you, you hit it spot on with regards to since the Helen Ziller sort of Singapore tweets saga, and they've they've lost their spine, and they really desperately need to find it again. Um, and I, I I am buoyed in some senses by uh, you know things that Gwen and Gwenya seems to be saying. I mean, some of her tweets are just so like almost Ouch. a bitch slap yeah. to the entire movement against the DA and but that's what their entire messaging needs to be Um, their entire messaging needs to be that no we will not bend over for your identity politics no we are not going to collectivize this country and instead of saying it in platitudes which don't uh, you know they need to be a bit more Donald Trump frankly Um, you know you talk about the media doesn't like you don't give a shit what they say the media hates that man they exactly. literally hate that man, and he has, you know, it doesn't matter what you think of him. He has achieved a lot of things in the past sort of eighteen months. That he's almost eighteen months that he's been president. Um, I, I I truly believe, as someone who will not vote uh, for him, you yeah. know, I said I might. If I was in America, I might have would have wanted to vote for him as a you know trolling exercise. I think he's probably the greatest president of the past, maybe ever. Just in terms of what he's been able to do and what he promised to do. Like, holy shit, he's done a fuckload of things in 18 months. So, much so, more than so, many other presidents have done in a term or two. So that would be a good point. If you take the personality away from it and you just go, all right, politician X promises to do one, two, and three. Politician X comes to power and actually does one, two, and three. That's not a common thing that happens. Now, you may hate politician x and you may hate each of one two and three but the point is is that he's done a lot of what he said he would do so mm. i think you know you talk about a re-election campaign i think that that's a powerful statement um, unless you dislike what he's done in my okay. opinion yeah. you know a lot of what he's done i think is is very positive i think some of those 
effects can be seen. So the tax reform that they passed was clearly a positive thing. Um, some people don't put that on Donald Trump. They put it on the Senate, Mitch McConnell, etc. But the point is, is that passed under him. He does get some of the credit. Um, the economy is flying in the U.S. Um, yep. uh, you, you know, I think this latest pullout of the Iran deal, which was also a campaign promise, um, is a good thing to have done. Um, it, certainly, if you're an American, it's, it, it's a good thing to have done. It, it, it's not a great thing if you're a European. Um, and, and, and you know, there's a bunch of other achievements. Uh, they will, Conservatives well, would cite. Northern South Korea, bro. Come on. Yeah, I, I want to wait until it actually happens. And, and yeah, if you look true. at even his languaging, even his languaging, and he's, he's a bullshit motherfucker. Um, you know, he will he will say what he what he wants, and 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 even you know to the point that it's untruthful, um, we, you know, which is what he gets caned on a lot of the time. But he's even said we're going to try for a deal. Um, so even his um, wording has so far been you know a bit iffy. Yeah. But but he's uh, meeting Kim Jong Un in Singapore in June. Yeah, and and what pre- what president brings home um, brings home. In the same week, he brings home three prisoners from a place that usually tortures and kills its prisoners, okay, especially foreign prisoners, um, and he captures five top ISIS leaders, and he's still somehow getting like negative press for the week. Um, it, it, it's and 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 you know it's it's obvious to see, and, and the point we're we coming back to, which is what I was saying, is. He's stuck on message, his message, and he hasn't cared whether you like his message or you don't like his message. He's doing what he said he would do. Um, he's sticking to what his principles, at least at this point, seem to be. And uh, no, because the truth is, is that his principles weren't this 10 years ago. I mean, he was banging porn stars, right? So, so and now he's claiming to represent the conservative party. So, so that's like very different things. But... He's, he's stuck on message and he hasn't apologized for being who he is. Um, yep. And it seems to be working for the guy. And must, I think we can all take a leaf out of that book. Absolutely. You must, I watched a video by Scott Adams um, who did a piece on, on Kanye West. And he says, he talks about mind prisons, so to speak. And Donald Trump has never been told no in his life. So he doesn't know what limits are. And every time someone says, no, you can't do that, he'll be like, fuck you, I'll do it right in front of you. And that mindset has helped him immensely because he's never been told no in his life, ever. Yeah. He's yeah. a spoiled brat through and through. Mm. And that has worked so well for him in this case. If he, if he told anyone... Because yeah, he has unending self-belief. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't yeah. see the world as limited opportunities. Like, oh, I can do fucking whatever I want and I'll just find a way to do it. Many people... Don't even think about what the barriers are. He just doesn't see any barriers. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, Scott Adams is interesting in how he interprets Trump. And it, for those of you who haven't watched any of his stuff or read his stuff or listened to, to any of his work, um, I would you know, say maybe a starting point if you don't want to get straight into Scott Adams is, is go listen to some of the Rubin reports with Scott Adams. Um, because his interpretation is so interesting. I, I mean, for example, before Trump gets elected, we all hear about how you know, he's been bankrupt four times. Um, which which isn't entirely true because it's companies that went bankrupt and so on and so forth. But the point is, is his failure gets pointed out as a reason why you shouldn't vote for the guy. Whereas Scott yeah. Adams would go, his failure is exactly the reason why you vote for the guy. Um, exactly. And that's um, what Nassim Taleb says as well. People can see bankruptcy as a failure as a human being because everyone understands it. But he got back up again, i.e., He's got skin in the game, i.e. he's to be trusted because he understands what it means to fail. Yeah. Much, much more than someone like Obama, who came out of nowhere, no one, he was a bit of a blank slate, spoke really well, really erudite, very nice, funny guy, mm. and never acknowledged failure on his side for, for most things. So, yeah, I mean, his charisma carried him through. But for Donald Trump, you look at him, you like... That guy's a human being. He's failed like the rest of us. He got back up like the rest of us. We understand he's rich, uh, but we can sort of identify more with him than someone who's never had a business or a career politician generally. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, look, I, you know, I don't know if you've listened to the latest Jordan Peterson podcast. He's he did a Q and A. It's a YouTube clip as well. If you want to watch it instead, but it's just him sitting in his computer there in his study. Um, and uh, one of the best podcasts I've listened to this year. Um, he's some really great questions, including questions on free will, uh, where he gives his view on Sam Harris's take and why he thinks Sam Harris is wrong in some respects, um, but but why he doesn't think we have ultimate free will. Um, uh, there's some really great personal psychological advice um, and then some of the usual stuff you, you're used to from, from Jordan. Um, but, you know, one of, the, one of the things he talks about in that podcast is about failure and is about standing, standing up to the world. Basically, you, 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 you know, as he often said, life is suffering, but it's not, a, it's not about wallowing in pity around that suffering. It's about picking yourself up and facing the world in that respect. And I, I think um, that people identify with others um, who do that and want to be able to do that themselves. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's getting quite deep and, and quite psychological. But certainly I think those principles can be applied backwards towards everything we've been talking about with regards to the DA and, and just standing up and presenting themselves as they are. Yeah, I, I think it's an important, a very important principle to be that as Nassim Taleb once again. And you must really read Skin in the Game. It's a yeah, I haven't had a chance yet. He talks about the intransigent minority. I've spoken about this numerous times. Mm. But to be that minority that just doesn't fucking budge, Yeah, you are going to change your opponent's views and your opponent's ideologies and their positions. You're not going to change them to your side, but you will inch them closer to your side because you don't give an inch to them at all. Well, can I? It's not can I, compromise. I don't. I don't know. I know. I read a. I read a blog post a while back, and Asim actually wrote on this subject before he released Skin in the Game. So you're welcome yeah. to Google that if, you, if you're looking for it. But it explains the intransigent minority quite well. Um, but in a way that this has worked positively, I think most listeners of this podcast would agree. The gay community <laughs> were an intransigent minority um, who yep. fought for their rights. Uh, gay people will never be a majority of the population, probably biologically. Um, and they certainly are a minority. And they, they stood up from the 60s, 70s, and they said, we will not... <laughs> be abused any longer. We will not be treated like shit anymore. And we want the same rights that everyone else has. Um, now, you know, I, I think ultimately the, the general outcome is a good outcome. Um, some people may agree, disagree on the nuances, uh, gay marriage being one example. But the point is they were an intransigent minority and we now have a world which is certainly the West is accepting of that intransigent minority. Yeah, it's a much fairer more equal world, um, socially at least. I mean, that, and it's the same with, with the, the suffragette movement, the women's movement. Any, any minority who stood by their principles and yeah. didn't waver got their way in the end. Yeah. And I think we as, or well, anarchist and you're a, a right-wing Zionist of sorts, we haven't wavered. <laughs> we haven't wavered from our principles at all. And I think and this may sound really grandiose and egotistical, but I think we've given a platform for people as a reference point that their ideas are fine. You are able to talk about these topics in public because look, this podcast does it and they do really well. So obviously people are listening and agree. And I think we have given a reference point for people who, who have held views that, you know, they, weren't, they didn't really interrogate them terribly much. But we're afraid to air them. I think we did that, in a way. Yeah. And uh, long may I continue. And and we did that by being the intransigent minority. We haven't changed our views, not in a meaningful way. Like we haven't. We changed the nuances. We changed maybe like policy questions. Sure, but intrinsically the principles have remained the same for the last two and a half years. And and importantly, through that process, um, you know, we've 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 had lots of stuff hurled our way so we've we've had the you know the individuals and the and the media um sort of groupings call us all kinds of names and things and you know you talk about the death threats and and all of that yeah. kind of stuff 
um, and it's been weathered, and 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 here we are, uh, and yeah, I, th- I think I think you need to know what 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 your principles are, what where you grounded, and then stand up for yourself, and and, 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 and don't be afraid, worth, and why it's worth fighting for. It really is worth fighting for. These ideas yeah. are worth fighting for because yeah. I'm not saying we're going to turn into Venezuela tomorrow, but we're on the precipice, right? Well, it's another thing that um, Jordan says in that in that podcast. He says someone asks him, you know, Jordan says that you you shouldn't lie, and because when you when you lie, um, sorry if I'm paraphrasing it incorrectly, but basically when you lie, you only create problems for yourself because um, you, you you can't be honest with the world, and when you're not honest with the world, then you do things you don't really want to do, and when you do things you don't want to do, you begin to hate yourself, and ultimately become bitter, and bitterness leads to a dark place. Um, yeah. I think that's the best way of paraphrasing why you shouldn't lie. And someone says to him, "Well, you know, what if the Gestapo are knocking on your door, and you've got Anne Frank in the attic? Surely you should lie." And what he says about that is, he says. It's too late at that point. It doesn't really matter because ultimately you've told many lies to get to that point. Yeah. And, if and he's, you're, talking about, he's talking about the German people collectively. Yes, he says if you're in a society where the Gestapo are knocking on your door and you've got Anne Frank in the attic, then long ago all of you lied to yourselves or to each other and you carried on lying and now you're at the point where the Gestapo is knocking at your door. And yeah. so, as you say, we're not Venezuela right now, and we're not, you know, communist China right now, and we're not many places right now, and we have it better than other places in Africa in certain respects. Um, but if we lie to ourselves about the problems with people like Judas Malema and parties like the EFF, if we lie to ourselves about parties we'd like to succeed, like the DA perhaps, um, and the problems that that party has, um, if we lie to ourselves about who Cyril Ramaphosa is and what he wants to do, or some of the some of the stuff we think he shouldn't be wanting to do, um, it doesn't end up in a good place. And by the time you get to that place, it's too late to start telling the truth. Exactly. All you have to do is look at how many people lied about Zuma before he got into power. Mm. Lots of people. Lots of people. Max Dupree wrote a piece saying we should give him a plea bargain for his corruption charges before the country goes to hold in a handbasket, uh, you know, others were questioning the NPA and the evidence and all that and all that. Many, many, many people lied. Yeah. And he got into power and look what happened. And now they're the paragons of virtue, of course. <laughs> it's fucking well, disgraceful. Yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we t- call it there, Ramon? Um, I actually did want to talk about something else, but I completely forgot. So yes, we can, uh, end it there. So, listeners, I hope this hasn't been too bad. I actually quite enjoyed this. It's weird not seeing you, but I find that we listen to each other a lot better if it's just audio, if that makes sense. All right. Well, let's see what the feedback is on the quality of this podcast and uh, how it is. Uh, as I said, we've uh, just been studio conflicts recently and Ramon and myself schedule. So, uh, yeah, that's the reason why we were um, not in studio today. But uh, hopefully it's been... A good podcast and one that's been enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And to everyone who listens to us, uh, believe what you believe in and understand why it's important to fight for those beliefs. And don't waver at all. Well, I mean, waver if you want to, but just know that a lot lot more people think how you think than you would believe. Yeah, you can change. You can change. I mean, we can change an idea. If your idea is bad, it must be challenged with a better idea and you must be willing to change. That's, That's We've always said that. But I think uh, we, we, we want you to um, come up with your ideas, be able to justify them, and then fight for them. You know? And if they're good ideas, they will succeed. Don't back down because you're scared of even putting that idea out into the public space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So, you, uh, should we remind everyone, you can find us on Patreon, obviously. If you'd like to give us a donation for the show, as little as $1, those of you who are all giving up uh, DSTV because it's uh, wasting your money and they've lost about a billion rand in revenue recently because uh, everyone's leaving them, you can give us uh, just 12 rand of your monthly 900 rand subscription. Uh, we really appreciate it and we are using it to try and improve the show, improve the guests that we get on. Well, not improve, but get even more guests that we 
like we've had before. Uh, and as always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's it from us. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. This is CliffCentral.com.